Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I am your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ish Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? I'm good. I'm back. We're both back. Took a week off. Needed, needed, needed a little bit of a breather. Uh, and apparently everything decided to happen. Everybody right. decided to transfer. Everybody decided to hire. Uh, yeah, just shows that even right after the national championship, you can't take a break because there's there's nope. there's so much happening right now. Nope, nope. I was I was basically, uh, you know, I, f- I felt like I was on a beach for a week. You know, just right. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, basketball season's over. I'm gonna miss it, but you know, we get this week where it's like, all right, nothing's really happening. Yep. Uh, don't have to worry about too much here. Um, yep. And then all of a sudden, like you said, um, everything just just broke. <laughs> everything just broke loose. They're like, oh, okay, we should probably do a podcast. Like as soon as possible right <laughs> so, um so here we are here we are um i've seen i've heard this uh period referred to as college free agency and i think that's a really funny uh way of looking at it just because it's so unique and it's never really with the situation that everybody's in we haven't really seen it like this before yeah so but man it is it's interesting to follow but it's also a lot of work to follow it's like, a lot like it seems like every time you look up on Twitter, somebody like literally a couple hours ago, we saw the news about Kyler Edwards going to Houston. Like yep. it's just somebody and then you forget who's also in the portal. So like I honestly today until I saw that, I forgot Kyler Edwards was in the portal and you'll just see it pop up. Um, I mentioned before the before we started recording, Quay Grant from West Texas A&M. He's going to uh, Wichita State. And so I was like, oh, great. Right. There's a, you know. Uh, one of the best players in D3 going, going to, um, or uh, D2, uh, sorry, D2, um, going to, going there. So it's just like, yeah, just every time you look up John Rothstein or, or Goodman or somebody's tweeting about somebody going somewhere, yeah. it's like, oh, geez, this guy now? All right. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, um, it's interesting talking to a couple of coaches, like, cause it's so, uh, like wide open in a sense. Yeah. And, there's not really like a timetable, right? It could be going on for another month. Like the right. season doesn't start till whenever November, like we could be seeing right. stuff into summer. And so it makes it such a hard period to evaluate because like, all right, this is all happening right now. But like up until the, even past the NBA drafts, like when players who put their name in the NBA drafts are going to be either taking their names out of it to come back right. to college. Like there's going to be so much over the next month. That's just going to be like, Oh, we still have this to happening. We still have this going on. This guy's moving here. The coaches the coaches are still going to be moving around a little bit, even though it's died down a little bit, but yeah. I mean like assistants are, they're still going to be making assistant hires. Um, Yeah. It's, it's going to be, I think the players are probably going to maybe start. I mean, you know, the big players are going to probably be sorting out because they're going to want to obviously get their footing um, wherever they're going next. But you know, like, like you mentioned, and teams are, they can be, they can sign wherever they want. Um, It's yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering how recruiting is going to handle because you know, like, we we the extra year of eligibility now so you know some teams i know that uh i think texas state talked about it a little bit uh tj johnson they're probably not going to take many of the they're probably not going to get in on the transfer market because they want to stick with some of the guys they're recruiting because you know if they take somebody transferring in that's somebody from high school that they're or juco that they're that they were talking to that they're not going to get now and so like some teams going to be passing entirely like that or some some teams going to be passing more on high school and saying oh let's get in on this transfers to get guys who are more ready now and it depends on the teams right texas state has a lot of guys returning whereas other teams 
lose a lot and they're going to have to go hard into the uh, transfer portal. So we're going to yeah. be covering that on the men's and women's sides, uh, coaching changes, and then uh, obviously transfer portal news. So um, I don't know how long this will be, but it is going to be an interesting one. So let's start with the coaches yeah. on the men's side. Uh, we covered Chris Beard to Texas a couple pods ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, seeing it and the impact that it's having in players leaving tech players leaving texas mm-hmm. and how all that's come about has been really interesting uh, on twitter today i saw someone referred to chris beard a texas tech fan referred to chris beard as benedict beard and i was laughing for like five minutes i was like god damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like i mean like it, it's really weird because you know when we talked about the possibility last time you know i didn't th- you know i didn't think texas would want to make that big of a splash or I, I knew they want to make a splash, but I didn't want to know if I didn't know if they want to basically usurp their football hire with a basketball hire. And, you know, they did. And Beard obviously is okay. wanted to go back. Um, he said very much so that, you know, he, he did want to get back to Austin eventually. And, and it's kind of, that's kind of helped facilitate the move as well. But I mean, you've already seeing it pay off, right? I mean, Andrew Jones decided to come back. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about the transfers they get. Devin yeah, Askew from Kentucky. Um, I know I'm missing one more. Um, Wells from Utah. Yeah, yeah, there you. That was one from Utah, and then there was one from. Um, um, forget I, returns. And yeah, yeah, there you go. And um, and so yeah, Justin Wells is the big one. For, uh, all, uh, I believe first team All Pac-12. Like, that's a dynamite player right there. So like, you know, even if you are losing guys like Kai Jones and Coleman, Sims and Brown, I think, um, you know, you you bring back enough. And like, um, I think Royce Ham also left left too. But um, but you're you're bringing back enough to be able to you know make a. I mean, I'd say the Big 12 is going to be pretty down next year. I think Kansas is probably going to be the, the big team there. Uh, whoever Baylor brings back, I think it's going to be pretty solid. But you're looking at a reformed Big 12, and now with Chris Beard, I mean, he, he you saw what he did first year at Tech. He you know he made them pretty competent his first year. I think if, if you bring in some good talent like Wells and Askew, I think Texas is going to be pretty interesting. I mean, talent-wise, we look at the Texas team, and we're like, all right, they're going to be – pretty much as talented as the texas tech team last year at, at yep. the very least and that's at this moment they still have moves to make like right. i think if you just add wells ask you you bring jones back i don't know how Ramy's ramey status if he's mm-hmm. coming back or not but if you add him back that's another quality guy then you're looking at four quality players right there and we don't even know what they have still to come um then you look at the texas tech side and they promoted mark adams much to the um pleasure of all the fans and I think mm-hmm. most of the players and as a result, I mean, Marcos, Marcus Santos Silva returns, uh, Kevin McCullers returning, but then you get McClung in the portal, PV in the portal, um, Shannon entering the NBA draft and uh, Kyler Edwards, like, uh, like you said, going to Houston. So there's, there's that turnover, but then it's kind of like the differences with Texas is you feel really confident. You know what you're going to get from Chris Beard year one, sure. like, if you have that baseline of talent, you're going to get, let's say, a five, six seed in the tournament at least and go from right. there. With Tech, we need to see Adams in this situation. I'm interested to see how he can, what kind of talent he can bring in because Tech, while it is a good basketball school, it's not Texas in that regard. Mm-hmm. And you, he's going to have to work to bring in the players that he needs to, and he's going to have to prove himself as a head coach at this point to get them back to where they've been the past few years. Like, that's not going to be hard to, that's going to be 
difficult to maintain. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. I think, I think the other thing about it is um, you get with Chris Beard, especially with his system and Mark Adams for the most, this somewhat relatable to Mark Adams too, because they obviously run the same defense mm-hmm. um, are going to be running the same defense, you know, first i think chris beard his first year is going to be establishing that defense and you don't need the peak talent to be able to get that defense right you need a guy a lot of guys who can obviously defend really skillfully but a lot of effort right just a lot of guys who can move good who who are smart defenders who can play that no middle defense and that's pretty easily identifiable in year one um you you get to national championships and final fours by getting the Jarrett Culver's in by getting the Jamias Ramsey's and those type of guys. But to start off, you can just really get the, I mean, the uh, Zaire Smith, right. He wasn't a highly touted recruit, right. He they kind of built him up into being mm-hmm. um, eventually what he was. And, but you get those effort, effort guys in. And I think, like you said, like we mentioned, the talent they have right now can compete with, with just that defense because his defense is good enough for that. And going over to tech, I think whatever talent they can bring in, you know, I think is solid enough because Chris Beard wasn't, he was a good recruiter. Don't get me wrong. But when he came in, he was still the guy that was just at Little Rock, right? He wasn't like Chris Beard that we knew him to be. And so if they, if tech can just keep being the program that Chris Beard was, uh, that Chris Beard had them being initially, which is keep guys like Jarrett Culver home, right? Cause Jarrett Culver was a, a, a homegrown kid in Lubbock. Uh, if they can just keep that those type of prospects home, that's good enough. And Tech is that it, it playing that style of defense and whatever Mark Adams decides to do on the other side of the ball, um, and add his own wrinkles. That's where it, you know it can go from there. I'm pretty obviously I'm more confident in Texas because we know uh, Beard is a proven commodity, but I'm still pretty confident that Tech's not going to be they're not going to go away anytime, right? They're not going to be a pushover next year. I think they're going to be solid. Um, I think they just got a, a JUCO commit from KJ Allen, um, who was committed to USC. I think oh, that's uh, last chance you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Wow, I, I just I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there. Uh. So he already got a pretty big recruiting win there, and that's going to be somebody who's going to be coming in and, um, hopefully helping them right away. So. Yeah, I that's I I think the way you put it is is exactly right. I think they they're going to have a good baseline. It's just if the Big Twelve is. I think if it's like it was this year, except let's say Baylor's not, you know, what Baylor was this year, it's just seven, mm-hmm. eight really solid teams. Yeah. Then it's going to be interesting because then we saw Oklahoma, who was a solid team, ended up coming in seventh in the Big 12. Sure. Um, and ended up making the tournament and winning a game in it. But still, it's like that's going to be really tough to to make that top four in the Big 12 and then get up there. Like that, you're going to be in a battle the entire season of staying in the top 25, staying in the top 20, staying in the top 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Mark Adams is going to have to earn his, you know, earn his uh, stripes in that regard is going against these coaches that of Scott Drew, you know, Bill, uh, self and all those guys. And now Porter Moser at Oklahoma. Like, Moser, you know, throws, Beard, throws in, yeah. There's a lot of established coaches here. So it's not that I don't, th- I think tech is, like you said, is in a position to maintain what they've been doing, mm-hmm. but it's going to be challenging for him to, a continue bringing that Jared Culver, Zyra Smith, Ramsey talent. But if he can do that, I think there's a good chance for them to, to stay where they are because I think expecting them to take the next step under Adams, I don't expect mm-hmm. them to, to take that step. But um, if they're just, I mean, heck, they, they, they've, the, what they've done the last five seasons has been incredible at Texas mm-hmm. Tech. Sure. So that's, that's a win in my, in my book. 
100%. I agree. I'm interested. Um, then let's look at, let's go to UTEP because UTEP. Yeah. Just made the hire. Yep. Just made the hire. Uh, we were talking this whole week about the, their coaching search. They threw out, I think it was five names. Goodman put out. Um, I don't, I'm not going to try to remember them all. I remember like three or four of them, um, Mm -hmm. but I'll look it up later. They ended up settling on, or not, I shouldn't say settling. They ended up going with Joe Golding from Abilene Christian. And I think you and I both thought that was a really, really good hire. And I'm really happy with that. I'll let you go first on Golding, but uh, what do you like? Yeah, I I like that they're going with a guy with, I think I was talking, it was interesting. I was talking to Shahan about this too. And, you know, you look at Golding's resume, entire resume at ACU, right? And, you know, it's not the most sexy resume entirely, right? He, he, they were a below 500 program for a while. He got them to 500, then made them into a Southland contender. But he also took them up from D2, right? Like he also, you know, he, he's not, he, he, he brought them back to this level of basketball and helped you know, pump them into what they ended up doing last uh, last few weeks ago. And Shahan made the point where it's like, you know, if they don't beat Texas, are they in this, con- is he in this conversation? And I, you know, probably not, right? That's that's definitely possible. I, you know, it's probably I think not. He's in the discussion. He's in the discussion. I don't think it's a nailed on, like, you know, because he was in the running for the tech job reportedly. And th- mm-hmm. I don't think he's getting like that much attention. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's in the discussion. And, but here's the other thing. Every coach needs that win. Right. Like Jim Laranega, when he was like George Mason, right. He needed that George Mason run to get the Miami job. And so these coaches need these moments, these upsets, these wins to get on the national stage. Right. Porter Moser needed these runs to get the Oklahoma job. Right. He'd been doing what he was doing at Loyola for a while. And I think, again, Abilene Christian 10 years ago was D2. They were in the, they were in the Lone Star Conference. And to, to take a program like that, and I think we're, what it says about UTEP is, they're willing to invest um, because I think Rodney Terry gave them, I think Rodney Terry, they wanted to, they wanted a lot of instant gratification, I think. And granted, he was a solid coach, right? He wasn't a bad coach at Fresno, right? I believe he came from. Um, he was solid. And when he came on the market, right? It was like, sure. Yeah, let's get, let's get a proven coach that can get, get some players in here and get the talent turned around, which he did. But I think with Golding, they're willing to say, okay, we have talent now. So one, I think we should be, able to be a little bit better than we have been but also here's a guy who can could potentially build something right he can build up utep into a team that you hate playing against because their defense is so fierce there's a team and if he can build because the southland southland and conference usa are very similar in terms of just like top to bottom talent in my opinion i think it's just as competitive if not more, i think southland's probably more competitive i think top to bottom yeah. i think you have teams like sfa Teams like uh, we mentioned Western Kentucky and, and La Tech and teams like that. I think when you meant, when you look at the te- the top teams of the sun of the Southland, the top teams have probably been more prominent compared to other mid major conferences than I think they get credit for. Right? SFA just a couple of years ago under Underwood was you know capturing the nation's attention. Yeah. Um, ACU this year we mentioned Sam Houston, which was a team that you know uh, we liked a lot. Um, to have ACU come out of that conference and roughly three or so years running be the best team in that conference, I'd say that says a lot about what he did there. If he can turn UTEP into a team that can be in the top three, four in the conference USA, I don't think that's out of possibility. They have the talent now. Like 
I was looking back on their starting, not their starting four or starting five, but a lot of their big time players, I'd say talent wise, they're probably four most talented players. That's those are four that could start on any team in conference USA. And we mentioned how disappointing it was that they went 500 this year. And I think Golding's the guy I was, I like, I was encouraged by the list of names that came out. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Jerome Tang from Baylor, uh, Chris Johns from um, uh, 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 New Mexico State, State. Yeah. and uh, Doc Sadler and David Patrick. Uh, David Patrick, I believe, is an Arkansas, Arkansas assistant. Yeah, and Doc Sadler is a former UTEP coach, which was the only one that I really wasn't too happy about. But um, I'm glad they didn't go with that. But I thought they had a really strong list of names of guys who can come in and build something and really promising. They weren't, aside from Sadler, they weren't retreads. They weren't. Rodney Terry's coming out of just coming out of another job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there were new names, interesting names. And so if I'm UTEP, I'm happy. I'm, I th- I'm really intrigued by what Golding does when he has a little bit more talent. Um, because I think, you know, obviously Conference USA is probably a, a, definitely a talent upgrade um, as far as talent, uh, money and talent you can get into the program. Yeah. But I'd say competitive wise, I think it comes from a more competitive conference to Conference USA. Yeah. I, I'm interested on this. I'm interested in this hire from a few perspectives. Um, one being UTEP hasn't been over 500 since 2015, 2016. Yeah. Um, and that was like a four year run where they were over 500 and they've had obviously good teams in the past, 2009, 2010, they went 26 and seven, uh, mm-hmm. 405, 0304, both those they made the NCAA tournament. So it's possible there. The, interesting thing for me is Golding's coming in even if he let's say he returns a lot of the talent from from this past year mm-hmm. he's coming into a conference that has a lot of really interesting coaches here so mm-hmm. um we go to North Texas UAB Andy Kennedy's done a great job uh Conkle at Louisiana Tech uh we go down the list uh, West West Kentucky's had talent Middle Tennessee's had their years mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a couple of years here. For him. Sure. I, I think the, I think the defense alone is going to help them win games. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if they're going to go from eight and eight. I don't know if they're going to go from eight and eight to like 11 and five, if there's 16 games right season, right? Right, right, right? If there's an 18 game season, I don't know if they're going to go 12 and six in this yeah. first year. I think that's going to take a couple of years here because I think it's such a, it's a conference that plays a lot of defense already. UAB, mm-hmm. Louisiana yeah. tech, North Texas, we're all top what were they top 60 Kimpom defense there? Something like, like and the Southland is obviously a good defense conference too, for the most part, but it's not like this is bringing something that the conference USA has never seen before. Sure. So that's where I'm interested to see is I think he has to get his own, his talent in there. I think he's going to get, uh, bring a new, uh, a new vibe, I guess, a new aura to mm-hmm. UTEP basketball. But I think it's going to take a couple of years here because I think defensively he knows what he wants to do, but offensively figuring it out. That was what UTEP's thing is they didn't know how to use a Sule Boom, Bryson Edwards with all these guys. And that kind of hurt him. So yeah. how is he going to be different enough to where you're utilizing the talent that UTEP can get? Because like I said, UTEP's made the tournament three times since 2003. So mm-hmm. it's not like that. They can't get the talent, but how is he going to utilize that talent 
and be more than what Abilene Christian was. Because we have to remember, Abilene Christian was not a good offensive team here this year. Oh, yeah, no. They, yeah, but that's, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a legitimate concern, right? Yeah. Even their, I'd say, Ken Palm wise, I think, I want to say they were better last year yeah. or two years ago. I think two years ago. Um, and, and one thing I did say, I did, yeah. um, I want to correct myself now. They went 17 and 15 last year. I was looking at eight and 10 in conference play in 2019 gotcha. 20. So I said right. oh, under 500 last week. But go ahead. Yeah. I think the, so this is, I think this is where the talent, attraction is going to be coming into play because he's going to have already more offensive talent than he had at Evelyn Christian. Yes. Right. These guys like Sule Boom, Keontae Kennedy, uh, Jamal Bienemy, like these guys are already better than anything he had at ACU. And defensively, they weren't good, but I'd say they're more toolsy than a lot of the guys he had at ACU, right? Long. Reggie, Reggie Miller was only what, 5'9"? And he was one of the best defensive guards in the country. And he was like 150 pounds. Like he wasn't a big kid, but he was able to turn him into, you know, a, a and he was already a good kid coming, a good defender coming out of high school, but he was able to, you know, use a really good defense. Joe Pleasant, right. Was not tall. Colton Cole was tall, but he was, couldn't really move. Right. He was, it was a lot of guys who you wouldn't look at the most athletic guys. And he was able to build them into deep defensive force. Of course you lose Bryce, you presumably lose Bryson Williams, but, you keep Sule Boom, you keep Jamal Bienemy. Okay, there's two six five six six guards right there, right? You you have Christian Shulin, a six eight six nine forward, right? You have size, you have athleticism, you have length. You should be able to. To me, I think in year one, you should be able to patch together something on defense. And I think if he can just get a lot of these guys to use a lot of that natural gifts on offense, I think they'll they have to be better like that that's just it like it, again you watch utep and you're like why are you watching this year and you're like why is this team 12 and 12 like you just it just didn't click for me because you have guys who are good enough for xavier georgia tech oklahoma and they're coming in and putting up like i want to say they were like 130th in defensive ken palm and like uh 150th in offensive ken. it's like that doesn't make sense and yeah. so um I think you mentioned it. it's a great defensive conference. And I think as long as they can hold their own defensively, which I think he should be able to coach them to do immediately because of just natural gifts, I think, honestly, and he's that good. If they can just use, if they, if you can just form together something on offense, I think they should be able to punch their way a little bit up. It's, and it's, it's an interesting time to be catching conference USA too, right? Cause UTEP arguably has some of the most, I think they might have the most returning talent in the conference compared to everybody else i'd have to think about that yeah but okay i get your point yeah yeah and so like you know just based off of continuity you know it's a shrug i'm not saying they're gonna win conference usa but i think in year one it's as good of a time as any for them to be bringing in somebody i mean and not for nothing they they played at kansas uh, the second to last game and played them close the entire game so we know it's there we know it's possible sure i'm I have to see it. I, I don't know because UTEP's always that team, kind of like UTSA is, kind of like Rice is, where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you have these guys that can do special things. Now we need to see it put together. And that's where 100%. we're hoping that Golding is that bridge of sorts mm-hmm. that can put them to where they need to be. Not even, like I said, they're, I don't think they're going to be uh, 12 and 6 in conference next year. But if they're mm-hmm. 10 and 8, if they're 9 and 9, but they look better and they're making progress, if I'd have to see the team. I'd have to see the talent to fully evaluate, but it, I think yeah. they're going to be looking, start looking a little more um, complete. That's yeah. awesome. No, I agree. I think uh, it's interesting too. He's 45 and he's been coaching for 20 years. Like he's, his first job was an assistant at South Garland. I'm looking at his wiki right now, South Garland in 2000. And then he got a Juco assistant job in 2001. So he's been like 
he's been coaching since 24, 25. That's wild. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> um, let's look at, I mean, I think that's all from a coaching perspective. Uh, Grant McCaslin yeah. ends up staying at North Texas, uh, mm-hmm. presumably, unless something crazy opens up. Uh, right. But his name was floating around there with uh, Tech in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can look at some players now. We can look at some moves. Um, I think the two teams that have really caught my eye, obviously, are SMU and TCU. Yeah. Those are the two. I think Jamie Dixon's starting to feel a little bit of fire at TCU because he's been reeling in talent <laughs> left and right. Uh, obviously, I think the highlight's probably Micah Peavy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Wells from UT oh, yeah. Arlington, 17 points per game as well. That's uh, a really good point, actually. Yeah. Xavier Cork from West Carolina, 13.6 boards, 6'9". Um I mean, they might have to replace R.J. Nimhard. I think there's a chance Nimhard comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his eligibility still, so we don't know exactly, you know, what he'll do. Uh, right. Kevin Samuel also NBA draft, but can retain his eligibility. Uh, so the only two players they lost to the portal are Taron Todd and Kevin Easley, uh, mm-hmm. who were who played minutes, um, but I'm not gonna say they were R.J. Nimhard level players. So, sure. right. I mean, it's an upgrade. That that's big. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And I think it's weird because, you know, a couple of years ago, we looked at TCU as like, you know, an emerging team under him when they won. I think they won the NIT, right? Or they almost won the NIT. I can't, they, I think. It was, I, it were, they were up there. Yeah, yeah. Let me double check on that before I say anything. Also, they won, they wanna, won the NIT. 20, his yeah. first season, they won the NIT. And so it was like, okay, here comes an emerging Big 12 challenger. And then, you know, they kind of just hovered around. I think they made another semifinal run in the NIT and that was it. And it's been kind of downhill since they never replaced a lot of those guys. Um, you know, we I remember watching Desmond Bain just seemingly go one on five last year. <laughs> like at times it was just like, they just did not have a lot of talent. And it looks like he's Jamie Dixon's had trouble finding that talent again um, until now. And so, you know, you bring in guys like uh, Micah Peavy, who, you know, obviously played at Duncanville, his dad's still there. So he comes a little bit closer to where his dad is. Um and you bring in a guy like uh, Shahada Wells, Shahada Wells, who's, you know, Sunbelt's not big 12, obviously, but if you're a 17 point per game score in division one, like you'll take that right coming in anywhere. Um, and I think that's, I, I'm interested in TCU. Cause again, a lot of big, a lot of the big 12s getting a makeover. It's not the same. It's not the exact Baylor team that we saw this year. It's not, um, you know, we'll see what Texas has. I think I, I mentioned I Kansas am. because, I think it might just revert back to the mean of Kansas probably for this year, at least Kansas being better than everybody else and everybody kind of fighting for what's left. I can see that. I I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, I mean, Oklahoma state has a lot of young talent, so they'll, they'll be all right. Right. But um, I mean, I didn't even mention Mike miles from TCU had a really good year, freshman Mm -hmm. year for them at uh, guard. So they're going to return him. It's just, it's hard because you never know where the big 12 what the big 12 is going to do to a team right yeah yeah if they're going to be able to sustain it consistently oklahoma state had to work their way into being a consistent team towards the end of the year and then they had kate cunningham so if you don't have kate cunningham there then you have to hope michael peavy shahada wells and shahada wells shot 39 percent for three on like five attempts again he could shoot the ball yeah um it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how this team comes back. I hope RJ Nimhard comes back. I don't know if he's going to get drafted. I, mm-hmm. I assume it'd be late second, if anything. Um, right. But if he comes back, then we're talking about a team that can make a push there that, like you said, I think Oklahoma, the way they're rebuilding, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be rebuilding. And that doesn't mean they're going to be bad, but there's going to be a window that TCU might have because they're 
kind of reloading in a sense. And yeah. I think that they're reloading the right way when you add the players that they've been able to add. And they have an established coach that's been there for a while, whether I think he feels a sense of urgency. And I think this team will, will feel that urgency as well. So um, that, you know, at the, at the end of the day in the big 12, you just gotta be fighting for like a top seven uh, in the big 12 and you'll probably be making the NCAA tournament at that point. Yeah, so. I think so. I think, and I think, it's a good point you mentioned about kind of a little, you know, you reemphasize that urgency because I mean, I think Jamie Dixon's contract is up after not next year, but the next year. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, you're getting to that point where if they don't perform next year, financially, it's not, you know, hard to cut him right. Well, the one year left. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a proven year, right? He can't go, he can't go below 500 again. He can't go, he can't go 500 again. I think this has to be a 21 year for them um, because again, he set the precedent himself and a longer a coach is there, a more they take on the image of what you're building and they haven't been building. And so I think that that immediate success where they give him a contract, the extension, I believe in 2018, um, you know, since then it's been, it's been hard. And granted the conference has gotten better, right? Baylor's obviously gotten better. Oklahoma's had ups and downs, but they're starting to get better. Um, Texas is obviously making a big swing tech, obviously entered the picture. And so like, you know, it, the team, the pro, the, the pro, the conference around them got a lot better, but you have to catch up. You have to stay with everybody because they're not going away anytime soon. Right. Like Oklahoma state's probably going to be recruiting at a high level with Boynton still there. Um, so, you know, it's, this isn't going to be, you know, there's no, there's no bottom of the big 12 anymore. Right. No, it's even be... Iowa state who had a down year last year is yeah. historically a very good basketball program. Right. And so, so you're, it's, it, you can't be dwelling at the bottom because you will stay at the bottom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. That's a good point. Uh, let's go to SMU because I, this is another team that really fascinates me. Uh, just by their additions alone, you go yeah. to Zach Nuttall from, from Sam Houston State. Then you go to Michael Weathers from Texas Southern, who averaged 16 and a half. Then you go to Marcus Weathers from Duquesne, who averaged 15. So you get the Weathers twins and you get Nuttall. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Kendrick Davis is going to, come back or not like he declared for the draft but he retained his eligibility he made sure to stress that yeah could come back uh so you lose tyson jolly you lose darius mcneil to utsa and you lose ethan chargua chargua did i say that right i don't know I think so. but <laughs> um but if the if they return kendrick davis which is a big if i think it's a, probably a flip of a coin right now if they return kendrick davis this is a team that can compete in the aac like four top three two three seed Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of guys who feel urgency, um, Tim Jankovic, I was talking with somebody in our work Slack, asked me like, is Tim Jankovic on the hot seat? And I said, I don't think so. Right. It was a lot of weird things going on this year. Yeah. Um, it, it, it'd be tough for them to make a move on him this year. Um, but I think this, I don't want to say this year is even a prove it year. I think Jamie Dixon's an approved it year. I don't think Tim Jankovic is. I think he's in a, I think he's a year away from a prove it year if they have another down year um, because they have a lot coming back, right? Like they have, they have a really, pr- and, th- and then they're bringing in extra talent. And so SMU wasn't bad this year, right? They were, they were, eh, they were fine. They were, right? AAC, they were, yeah, they were fine. They were fine. Um, I believe they were like top 60 in Ken Palm. Like again, yeah. they weren't, they weren't bad. Um, but the problem is, you know, he came in and they went, you know, 30 and five, right. They won 30 games his first full season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're going up against that and you're, you've been trying to get that ceiling. I think they're, they're, in, they're in the running for another, for a 21 year. I really do. I think so. I think that AAC is going to be a little bit more winnable. 
Um, Houston's going to be rebuilding a lot, so you're not going to be getting, you know, uh, overshadowed in the state. Yeah. And so I think Wichita State's going to be still be rebuilding. Um, there's a lot of it's a uh, it's not up and down. Memphis isn't going to be exactly as scary as they have been, right? They're going to be fine, but yeah. they're not going to be what where they were a couple of years ago um, when Hardaway was recruiting the hell out of everything. But yeah. um, and so I think I really think they're going to be okay. I love the addition of Zach Nuttall. Like you needed a score and you needed an all conference caliber talent. And again, we mentioned how good Southland is. He comes right in and here's, he's all, he's a Southland player of the year. Like here's a guy who's going to be looking to prove himself. And I think you, I, he's probably my favorite transfer so far. Um, and that doesn't even include. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's so much fun to watch. And like, that doesn't even include uh, uh, the weathers, Michael and Marcus weathers. Like, like it's just, I like it a lot because they he added just a ton of scoring and that's what SMU needed. They needed a lot of scoring because they've had a lot of athleticism. They have had a lot of length. Um, you know, Tyson Jolly is a guy that, that was really interesting before he, you know, and obviously he's gone now, but yeah. uh, Farron Hunt as well is a guy that's always been, you know, kind of in that conversation of, of really athletic, really good. Um, and now they just, they just needed a ton of scoring and I think they got it. I'm, I'm really interested because, you know, they've always been really solid offensively under Tim Jankovic. Um, and now, I mean, like, I just see like four or five just like dynamite scores on this team. And I'm, I'm really pumped to see and what if, they if what they Kendrick Davis comes back because Kendrick Davis is he can score the ball. Obviously, he averaged, 19, he averaged 19 a game. Yeah. Great, great player. Great player. Mm-hmm. He also averaged seven and a half assists per game. And I yeah. think he is at his best when he is creating for others, but he was in such a situation last year where he had to score and shoot so much mm-hmm. that he's like, all right, fine. I'll just, I'll score. Like I'll, yeah. I'll get up 14 shots a game right. because nobody else on this team shot more than eight shots a game. So now mm-hmm. you're adding scores around him. If he comes back to where I think that that just opens up the floodgates for you to have one of the best offenses in the conference, if not the best offense in the conference, because mm-hmm. then you have Kendrick Davis who can set the table for other guys, which right is a dangerous, dangerous thing. That's one thing I loved about Kendrick Davis was his vision is mm-hmm. his um, ability to, to make smart passes, but make aggressive passes. He averaged seven and a half assists and he only averaged two and a half turnovers. And yeah. this is a dude who flourishes. I think will flourish if he has other great players around him, great scores around him to be specific. If yeah. he's not there, I I'm interested to see how they, because weather, the weathers and Noto are all, very good players and very good scores, but they're all kind of similar type players in a sense. I yeah, would yeah. love it if they had one guy like kind of creating for them a little bit in a way that Davis would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm on, on surface on paper. I love these additions. I think the scoring alone is going to give you a chance in every single game. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the opportunity on one of them getting hot. One of these nights, right? It might be uh, not on one night. It might be one of the weathers another night. And if Davis comes back or Benamel, I didn't even mention Benamel and hunt are two very solid players. It gives you a lot of variety. And that's yeah. one thing SMU did not have last year. They did not have variety. In my opinion, Kendrick Davis was the offense and a lot of ways he was the defense. Um, <laughs> and without Tyson Jolly for a majority of their season last year, it was the Kendrick Davis show. Yeah. It was all pressure on him, all eyes on him. And now I'm hoping that he comes back. I mean, obviously, I hope he gets drafted if um, if he does. But if not, I hope he comes back and we can see this team in its totality because that would be that would be special. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think that you look at, I think I want to say outside of how obviously Houston set themselves apart. I want to say in Kempom, SMU was like second best offense scoring wise. Um, and like by a good stretch, I want to say there was like 20 points between them and Wichita state in terms of, uh, offensive uh efficiency and so it's like they already you know with mostly just Kendrick Davis they were pretty good and so I think the biggest challenge is going to be how do you fit these guys together right how do they how does Zach not all learn to play with Kendrick Davis if he comes back how does um you know the weather how does weathers learn to play with not all things like that I think uh Everett Ray was in the transfer portal too right I think I think I did not write him down, but I will believe I you. I think he, I think he did. I think I saw his name somewhere in the transfer portal. So, um, so that's another addition that you got to, you know, take into or another mm-hmm. subtraction you got to take into account. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm with you. I think SMU has added my favorite group of talent because it's, I mean, like you said, they just added a ton of scoring. And if you can just score, like, Man, there's there's so much like even any night anybody can go off, and I'm interested to see Zach Nuttall in a little bit more elevated play. Um, the AC is going to be tough, but again, Cincinnati's not going to be down forever, right? They had they they obviously had a bad year, but they're a program that's always been perennially really good, and yeah. so you have to take advantage of like a, a rebuilding Houston, a Cincinnati that's down, a Wichita State that's rebuilding. Like this is a chance for somebody to really come into their own in in AAC. If nothing else, it's the most fun trio of additions. Oh yeah! <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be incredible. <laughs> it might work, it might not work, but it's gonna be a lot of fun finding we'll out. It, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, that's pretty much it on the men's side. A and M, uh, Savion Flag transferred to Sam Houston State. JJ Chandler mm-hmm. transferred to South Alabama. Um, for Houston, uh, Grimes into the draft. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything about Giroux or Gorham. Uh, they added Kyler Edwards, like we mentioned earlier, um, for Baylor. Matthew Meyer into the draft, which I think we all assumed it, that to happen. But, uh, yeah, I think I think he. I want to say he's. Is he testing? Did he mention that he's he's retaining his eligibility? Uh, he probably is. Yeah, um, I'd say like I. Why not? Right, you're a six nine three and D guy who obviously has some tools that can do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's smart. Just to test, see what you get if you come out with a second round grade okay cool i'll come back or whatever but if you yeah. if, if somebody says hey you're probably a for late first like you know, why not second, yeah yeah early second late first why not why not go um i pres i if i had to make a call now i'd say he comes back mm-hmm. but um it wouldn't it doesn't surprise me that he's testing the waters yeah i could i could definitely see him coming back and averaging like 16 a game next year yeah it's going crazy mm-hmm. um but i'd have to see who else baylor brings around him so that'll be interesting all right on to the women's side um i was looking around not as much action on the women's side as far as transfers go uh mm-hmm. celeste taylor going uh leaving texas going to duke um i saw and you can correct me fill in the holes but i saw it was because she wanted to be close to her family uh, it, that was kind of it it's interesting because she's from new york right and so like mm-hmm. i wonder if it was like a if it was kind of like a, a saying you wanted to go back or like people she wanted to go back home but if it was just like maybe you know people transfer for their own reasons so i you know i can't really speculate at all but it's interesting that she is from new york but transferred to duke maybe it's just closer to home Mm -hmm. as opposed to close to home i don't know there's not necessarily uh duke is probably the best program close to home that offered or something that she wanted so Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know i was a little i was a little i was a little surprised that she decided to go that route yeah i was surprised and I don't remember the story I saw because this was like what a, over a week ago, I guess, at this point. Yeah, it was about, um, a couple days it, ago, I think. When it oh, was it? Okay. Um, 
but yeah, it credited basically um, her fa- her family or her dad or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, we can't can't argue that at that point. But sure. yeah, it is. I mean, I know she she hadn't been home in like because of COVID and all that, like roughly a year and a half. So like was, obviously yeah. being way down here, like it, it it might just be better being in just closer proximity. So you know, yeah. you know, good luck to her. I mean, it's gonna be a big loss for them to fill. Um, we mentioned when they got eliminated that you know she was one of the big returners for them, and now they have to bring in somebody. Um, or now they have to continue to fill in um, with those uh, immediate help, that immediate help. So, yeah, um, I'm interested to see if Texas brings in someone in the transfer portal uh, or if I mean, they probably will, obviously. But if it puts more pressure on um, the side Creek girls to come in and play right away, mm-hmm. um, maybe give them a little bit more of a load. I think they're going to play a little bit right away, I would assume. But, right. you know, if they, if they have if there are responsibilities on the side Creek players, uh, girls to come in and help right away, mm-hmm. that's an interesting situation. Cause I don't know if that's the plan at this moment. Right. I know they bring it in. They're bringing in um, somebody from Mississippi state. I can't remember. Yeah, her name. I have it written down. Uh, Alia uh, Matharu. Yes. Yes. And she was a pretty solid freshman, uh, I guess sophomore last year. Um, I think averaged about 10 points. So I think that's probably going to be somebody Vic Schaefer is going to count on a little bit to, to, um, to come in and, and take up a little bit of the, of the load, obviously still Joanne Allen Taylor's there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I don't, something tells me Texas isn't done um, just cause they, they do need to rebuild a lot um, with Celeste in terms of veteran presence with Celeste Taylor now leaving. And obviously Charlie Collier probably being the number one pick in the draft tomorrow, um, tomorrow as in the 15th when we're recording. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I still think Texas is in for another, is in for another step forward next year, even despite losing Celeste Taylor. Cause I think the system's in place and the guys in place, right. Uh, Vic Schaefer's in place. So um, I think if they just add maybe one or two immediate help, contribution uh, contributors i think they'll be perfectly fine yeah texas tech was the other team here that i just adding I everybody they they got just about everybody in the state of texas and arkansas um so they added four players um all four of them seem like they are immediate contributors almost uh so let's i'll just go from the top of this press release uh Bri-Amber scott from little rock arkansas little rock um college uh she averaged damn wait she spent two years at mississippi state wait yeah played her junior season at little rock after spending the first two years at mississippi state averaging 18 points per game led the trojans in scoring 3.9 boards uh two assists 1.6 steals so they added her so yeah, that's no first. Big deal. yeah um then we go to lexi hightower from west texas a&m who i know <laughs> you uh know well um yep. Lone Star Conference Player of the Year, scoring uh, two, time. two time, uh, <laughs> uh, 1,642 career points. Um, yeah, I mean, 44% in, 44% from three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she's good, man. Two points per game. Uh, yeah. So they added Lexi Hightower from West Texas mm-hmm. A&M. So that's another stud. Yep. Um, Taylor Thomas from Arlington, Texas, when played at Arkansas as a senior, 6-1. Um, averaged 4.2 points and six rebounds per game, appeared in all 28 games for the Razorbacks, sh- shooting uh, 49.4%. And, yeah, so if nothing else, that's a 6-foot-1-4 that can get you six rebounds a game. And, 
is going to be a force. And then we go to Riley McKinney from SMU, Argyle, Texas, uh, someone who I've seen a bunch in person. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fresh as a freshman with SMU, she averaged eight points a game and two point five rebounds. Um, she is a player that, while she's not as experienced as the other girls on this list, she she's just as potent as them. I, uh, yeah, I am very excited to see her with in Krista Gerlich's system. Um, Riley McKinney, probably. I mean, obviously, you bring in somebody like a um, uh, Brianna Scott, and probably going to be the, the obviously the, the marquee player, marquee transfer. But I think Riley McKinney is my most the most interesting. Her and Lexi Hightower are the most interesting to me mm-hmm. because Riley McKinney was so. I mean, long story short, she was arguably the best player in the state at Argyle, right? Like just consistently yeah. over all of over her high school career. Um, just one of the most, probably the most decorated high school player. She was named to the top 100 te- Texas girls basketball players of all time. Yeah. She's, she's insane. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see her, you know, hopefully in a more comfortable environment, you know, whatever the situation was at SMU wasn't right for her. Hopefully now she's a little bit more um, uh, adjusted to the college game. She got a little bit of games under her belt before they had to cancel their season um i'm really intrigued to see her she's always been just a smooth smooth scorer somebody who the game just came really naturally to her lexi hightower i am really excited to see her at this level because she i remember when i was doing the magazine i i wasn't uh uh, Corey hogue our small college guy sent in his preview um you know with the rush of just getting everything together for the football season and all that i hadn't paid attention to d2 last year so i didn't know she got hurt Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know she came back. And so she was a senior. And so I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, whatever. And so I saw her name. I was like, that's got to be a mistake. Right? Lexi Hightower is back again. And uh, it was like, no, no, she's back. And so I was like, oh, okay. She's the two time, like you said, like I said, two time Lone Star Conference Player of the Year, um, elite, elite scorer, and just, you know, one of West Texas AM's best. And when Krista Gerlich took this job, um, she mentioned how, you know, when she was at Tech, Tech kept those West Texas talents home, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that's a, I think she want to say she's Amarillo, yeah, Amarillo, Texas, yeah. Lexi Hightower. So like it just I think she's going. I think that's a move that's like back in her roots. Like Krista Girl is going back to the roots of keeping West Texas talent in West Texas, and in this case, elevating it to, to Division One. Um, I'm really intrigued to see Texas Tech. They, they showed some promise under her. Um, they were, they weren't bad last year. They showed, it was a, obviously a tough situation to her coming in just before the season started, but I think they're really solid. I'm really interested to see what year two looks like under Krista Gerling now with a full off season, now with more players that fit her style, her, what she wants. Um, her success at uh, uh, UTA speaks for itself. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to see 10 and 15 or whatever they were last year again. Uh, I think that was just a lot of rough patches, uh, just dealing with natural attrition yeah. and natural adjustments to a new coach. They'll be joining, or they'll be joining Vivian Gray, uh, or Riley will be joining Vivian Gray, who's also went to Argyle High School. Uh, Lexi Gordon is going to play at Duke under uh, the transfer portal. So that was is Gray back? I don't know. Is Vivian Gray back? Uh, that's what I saw on Twitter. I, I might be wrong. That's it. Okay. It still has she, Texas. Chris was a senior, but. She was, but you know, she's retaining. I don't know. Everybody has their uh, year of eligibility back. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong, but I'm saw it, saw it a few, saw it somewhere. 
But um, yeah, Lexi Gordon uh is gone, so that's their second leading scorer. But if Vivian Gray is back, then that is a um, it's kind of like the SMU on the men's side. Yeah, Just go out and add some scoring and an experience, and that's gonna be that's gonna make the Big Twelve even more interesting at this point. I mean, and this like, one was a, this one was announced. Uh, I forgot about this one. This one was back in January, but Krislin Carr from Tech went to Baylor. So um, there's one that, that's gonna be a um you know that's an old transfer news but just kind of throwing that in there i forgot i completely forgot about that because uh, she decided to leave tech kind of in january december january and then she later committed to baylor so that's a roughly 10 point per game score going to, going to baylor which is not nothing so yeah yeah um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out uh we will keep our eye on uh there's no women's basketball uh coaching news uh kristen holt so UTSA. Oh, that's right. No, not Chris, Karen Aston. Karen Aston. Karen Aston. Kristen Holt was the last coach. Karen Aston going to uh, UTSA, um, which kind of sparked it. Yes. Kind of came out of nowhere. There was no that's real big. buzz about that. Yeah, that was a pretty big get for them. Um, you know, she was at UNT right before she went to Texas. UNT, she got the Texas job. Um, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really good hire. I think that you know that was somebody who. I wasn't hearing her name anywhere. Right. And I thought, mm-hmm. I guess she probably just took a break for a year. Um, just decided to wait out and see what, what offers came her way and you credit to UTSA. They saw a great opportunity because um, that's a program that's been really down. Um, and so yeah. they really need somebody to come in and kind of shake things up because it has not been good. Yeah. I, I was, I was surprised at that. I was impressed with that. I was, uh, I didn't know if UTSA could get that level of a coach, but I mean, they, they made their pitch, they made their move and they got her. So all mm-hmm. credit to them. I'm interested to see if, if she can bring them up a bit because UTEP had a really good year in women's basketball. Rice obviously is rice. Uh, North Texas has made a couple, has made some strides under Jaylee Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is competition in conference USA in Texas. And so I'm interested to see if, how that goes. I'm interested. I don't know what to expect because there kind of are no expectations at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, she's, she's literally starting from the ground up. Yeah, with that so I, I don't know if it'll take good. three years, four years, or if it'll be next year. I have no idea. But it, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a, it's a good move for a team that doesn't have uh, a lot going for it. So Right. They've won eight games combined. The past, third, oh, let me see. Eight games combined the past two years. They've won... 16 the past three it is it's it's rebuilding. for them to pull in karen Aston is pretty pretty good time so, to rebuild time to rebuild everything <laughs> let's go let's go um well all right i think that's that's all i had am i missing anything here i think we're good man i think that was a lot of the those are the heavy hitters i mean we're good. recording right now we'll probably run into like 10 more by the time we're done so oh here we go here we go breaking oh no one minute oh, ago no. Oh no! What it's happened? Not, it's not that big. Uh, James <laughs> Reese from North Texas go- commits to South Carolina. Really? Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Good Leveled for him. Up. Well, he's okay. from South Carolina, so okay. he's okay. put "I'm coming home." That's right. really cool. Good for yeah. him. Good for him. That's a good one. That's, that's gonna be interesting, man, because North Texas has some talent to replace now. I mean, like, you know, Reese leaving's a big deal. Obviously, Hamlet's gone. Um, Simmons is gone, and Simmons is gone. So that's gonna be. They're, they're an interesting case, too, for, for this year, especially since, you know, I mean, if, if things keep going right, McCaslin's probably gone after this year. Um, we, we keep saying that, but he keeps holding on. So who such knows? An interesting, it's such an interesting situation because 
it went from him being a heavy contender for Oklahoma and Tech mm-hmm. to neither one of those coming through. And it kind of just being like his name just like fell by the wayside. Right. And I don't know if that was intentional on his part or if that was just them kind of expanding their search. I don't know. Uh, but either way, it's really interesting because now he enters the year without Javion Hamlet, without those guys. And so it's like, all right. Do you, well, do you get hired after like, you know, naturally would probably, I don't want to say a setback year, but a rebuilding year, probably not going to be as good. Even as they if were they go, year. even if they, you know, let's say they have a winning record and they, they yeah. go 20 and 10 or 20 and 12 again. Right. Uh, but they end up losing in the conference championship game instead of right. making the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah. Like, it's like are you, are you as attractive? There's a, there's a very big difference between, you know, 20 and 12 making the conference championship game, having a really good year and, making the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Joe Golding, right? Which beating Texas yep. sets him up for the next job. You know, does beating Purdue seemingly should have set you up for the next job. And it's like, you know, if you lose to whoever, Western Kentucky or whoever in the conference championship, you know, is that is that good enough to still get some, get another job? You know, it's interesting. These A lot of these coaches, a lot of these moves happen it's such a weird industry, right? Where it's just like these hot commodities just come out of nowhere. And it's like, you know, even if you go 20 and 12, are you still, are you as hot of a commodity if somebody wants to hire you? And it, you know, I, I, it's, I would argue yes. Right. I think you would too um, based off what he's done, but you know, it's always like half of it is selling it to a fan base. Right. That's exactly what I was like, going to say. Half, some like, of it has to be sexy. I mean, Brian right. Bozer beats Illinois. You go hire him at Oklahoma. Right. I mean, we talked about Scott Cross too. And it's like, you know, we would both take Scott Cross back in Texas, but you know, he hasn't won yet at Troy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we know what he can do based off what he did at UTA, but can you hire Scott Cross based off of two sub 500 seasons at Troy? And it's like, eh, no, you can't. So yeah, it's going to be, that's, that's interesting. Good for James Reese though, to get getting back home. Shout out James Reese. All right. That's all we have for y'all today. Um, If you enjoyed it, leave a, a uh, five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also fi- find the podcast and all of the basketball content on DCT or no, TexasBasketball.com. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson and me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And until the next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Oh, by the way, before you finish oh. recording, uh, we got uh, some uh, postseason awards coming out. Uh, Justin just put his wet, right. uh, women's basketball awards out. Men's basketball will be coming out next week. Um, so probably the next episode will probably be over those discussing all the awards as far as that's concerned. So go check out the awards for the women. Be on the lookout for the men's postseason awards. And uh, what else? Uh, WNBA draft, uh, April 15th. Uh, Justin will have a piece over how whoever gets drafted uh, fits with their respective team. So now you can end it. <laughs> TexasBasketball.com. Check all those out. And we'll talk to you later.